Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Jules. I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict um, and a sugar addict big time sugar addict. Um, and I've been in OA for 18 years Sorry. of Sorry. Uh, imperfect absence. And uh, I guess my big key to success is I just keep coming back. <laughs> that's, that's the big factor. I just keep showing up um, in different OA areas and meetings and locations. Um, and sometimes programs similar to OA, but I just keep coming back to the 12 steps to, to cope with with my food addictions. Um, my, my focus today, I was open on any topic I could talk about, and I decided to focus in on, on just honesty and truth in the program. And, um, you know, they talk about the rigorous, our ability to be rigorously honest with ourselves and be willing to faith, you know, to really face the truth about ourselves and our disease. And, with me, the program has also been just about facing just the truth about my life and, you know, who I am and all. And it's been one of the biggest uh, things that I've, that I've received from the program. Um, briefly about my background, uh, I, my food addiction started pretty young. I can remember all the way back to about age five, um, lighting up Cheerios on the on the carpet and looking him up with my tongue one at a time, uh, you know, which may have been one of those kid things, but it continued into, um, I think I'm, I'm, a, I think the, the dishonesty around food started pretty early, but I was raised in a household with just a lot of sugar. There was a lot, almost probably 70% of my diet came from products that started with the word hostess. You know, <laughs> They were hostess something or other hostess this hostess that right. So um, delightful things full of sugar and a lot of lard, that kind of thing. And I, um, and love was shown with sugar in my family. You know, if you were upset, if you were sick, if you were anything, it came in the form of it, it was bubbling, it was piled up, it was melting, it was everything you could imagine. But it's really how my family, you know, showed caring. Um, and almost the only way my family showed caring in, in some respects. So um, especially when I was living, um, I was raised for a good deal of my life by, by a stepmother, uh, who had a lot of issues who, you know, that she inherited from the people that raised her and very, very strict. And my relationship with truth was thrown off balance pretty early on because telling the truth had pretty dire consequences. Um, and, um, I remember my house my strongest memories of my house from the t time I was um, five to nine was that it was frightening. You know, I, I, I was frightened at home. Um, I had some loving situations before that. Um, my mother passed on when I was three. Um, I moved to my aunt's house um, and, and she did the best she could with that and all, but that was a pretty intense sugar house. <laughs> and then I was raised by my stepmother for about nine years. And um, the lying started early, lying to myself, um, lying about how many hostess things I had eaten. Um, and then I, as I 
you know, started walking to school and all of that, stopping at the liquor store and picking up a couple of candy bars. And then it just kept going. And then the lying turned into hiding food. <laughs> if I was, if I ever want to question, oh, am I really an addict or not? Because I'm one of those people that sort of lost and gained the same 30 to 40 pounds a few times over, you know, over my lifetime. And so it's easy for me to say, oh yeah, I can get a hold of food and, you know, control it. Um, but then if I look at all of these behaviors that are really around my dishonesty with food and hiding food. You know, I eat a lot, I eat a lot in my car. You know, I could look down, I'd look down at my car and it would just be crumbs and crap. And I'd spend hours with a vacuum trying to get all the stuff out of the cracks, you know, um, hiding food in my office, you know, being certain that the garbage is arranged the right way because all that, so that all the, the wrappers and everything were hidden on the bottom. It was things like that that really started to say, you know, I probably have a problem with food. I certainly am having trouble being honest about what I'm eating. And, um, uh, yeah. And then, you know, that folded into, you know, was I t able to tell the truth about everything, you know, about really what was going on with my food and the abstinence for me and using abstinence as a tool. Um, I'm a big believer in abstinence as a tool. Uh, for me, it's been the way that I've, um, I've set a, a strong enough rigor for myself that I know if I'm telling the truth about food or not. And sometimes I've weighed and measured food. Um, uh, uh, I try to, for my abstinence, I don't really trust myself. Thank you. Um, I try to actually, you know, pray and meditate on it. And what should I get as my abstinence? And, and OA was the first time I actually started to meditate from the point of view of, of trying to make contact with some kind of a spiritual being that might be loving and really care about me. Um, I did a lot of med meditation before that, you know, going down in the desert and kind of the Carlos Castaneda version of it and all. And, it was, you know, fascinating and expanding, but it wasn't necessarily loving in a lot of ways. And it, and some of it dealt with the truth and some of it didn't. But when I came into OA, I had to really focus in on that. And, and part of that was my abstinence. And when I started meditating and asking for some sort of a higher power to come in and be with me, I was pretty surprised about what showed up <laughs> for me because what showed up was whatever I needed to heal. And it didn't show up in, you know, maybe the classic forms of what people would think would show up in, you know, angels and all of that. It showed up in whatever character could get through my wily psyche to get to me, to get to the truth, to start to heal. And um, one of my first, spiritual guides came in it was kind of a whoopi goldberg character and she was just really great with me you know she was funny and she just would you know she'd give me the truth in a way that i could really hear it and so i always tell people whatever shows up for you as a thing that's going to be your connection to the truth you know about yourself and your life and what you need to do to heal and all um don't judge it <laughs> you know whatever shows up shows up um, and I, and I joke a lot that my, um, when I first started praying about what my abstinence should be, uh, what finally, you know, what finally showed up was something that was so, so funny and so me and my kind of sailor sense of humor and all of, uh, you know, I've talked about this in meetings, but it, 
my abstinence that came to me was, um, you know, the only thing white I eat is my husband. <laughs> and so, and people, that always cracks people up, but that's what showed up. And it was perfect for me. It was perfect for me. It was, you know, it was funny and it was complete and it was really clear. So it's no flour, no sugar, no dairy, you know, and anything white, just don't eat anything white. You're, you'll be okay. And it was clean enough so that I couldn't work my way around it and lie my way around it. And so I've come back to that over and over again. I've gone on all these little sojourns. Um, along with that, I spent a lot of time writing about my internal food pimp. So my internal food pimp is a voice in me. Um, and what I, that tells me rationalizes why I should eat. Um, it lies to me in about 8 million different ways. It's part of who I am, but it helped me a lot to spend, I spent about a week, just every time something came up that was my food pimp <laughs> talking to me, I always knew it was my food pimp because the end of the conversation had something to do with, hey, you should eat this. And this was not part of my, was not part of my abstinence. And I go, ah, yeah, it's all of my reasoning around why, I could break, you know, break my abstinence and it would show up in the form of my, my dietitian. It would show up in the form of my doctor. Sometimes it would, it would put masks on and tell me that, Hey, you need to eat this and this because you need more calcium or you need this, this, and this because of your acid reflux. So you should eat this, this, and this because, and it would always end with some kind of flour, sugar, you know, over extension of dairy products, you know, that kind of thing. And so I became really clearly aware of this voice in me that is the way I lie to myself. And it's back to my being honest was to be able to separate. And at one point I even drew my food pimp so I could get a visual on it. But I keep it part of my note workbook is always that voice in me that's going to talk my butt into breaking abstinence. And so I can separate from it and know what it is. And that's been a huge part of my getting honest with myself. Um, I, I made some notes about other things that I did that uh, the meditation is a really big part of it. Um, when I'm having trouble being honest with myself, all the things I do, meditation is my first go-to. Um, usually if I can meditate and I oftentimes use the, the term, you know, please send me guidance regarding and, it's for me, it's been, it's been everything from God to creator to universe. Um, uh, I've called it a lot of different things throughout the program, whatever is there shows up to heal me. And, um, I'll just say, please send me guidance regarding this, this, and this. Thank you. And then, um, I, and then I write whatever comes up. It's one of the main things I do. Uh, the 10th step, you know, I have, I have all these, like paper things have shown up, but I have this 10 step prayer thing, um, kind of pr process that I use. And I use this process because there's a checklist <laughs> as part of this piece that someone in the program gave me that said, you know, am I being, and then there's the selfish, inconsiderate, self-centered. It's the whole checklist. There's about, there's probably about 30 things there to look at. But for me to be really honest with myself, I need that checklist. Because if I just want to come up with what's in my own head, I, I'll lie to myself. Um, or my food pimp shows up in it, which is also me, but lies to me. Um, and then I sit down and I, I, um, I use prayers. Uh, 
I created this sheet that's all my prayers on one <laughs> on one page, all the, the, the 12-step prayers. If you want a copy of this, just let me know. My, my number's in the chat box there and everything, and I can send you a picture of it or something. But I go, big ones I've used for years. Um, it's, uh, you know, God, please remove my fear and direct my attention towards what you would have me be. Uh, I use that over and over again so that I can, and the flip side of, of being dishonest, if I'm honest, then I'm also authentic. And so the part about what you would have me be, it means I'm being authentic out in the world. And that seems to stop a lot of my compulsive eating is just to be real and be authentic out there. Um, uh, you know, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. And I pray that you now remove from me every de defective character that stands in the way of my being useful to my fellows, right? Um, grant me strength to go out from here and do your bidding. And so I use these prayers. And so when I'm really stuck, I just sit down, I read the sheet of all the prayers and usually something comes up that makes things happen for me. Um, anything else that's, uh, I think that's a lot of it. Um, when I sit down and pray, I can usually sense that whatever comes, if it, if, some people call it intuition, some people call it God, some people, you know, I call it a doorknob. I, I just think it's important. It's something that I can kind of separate from and I can hear the voice clearly. I know it's not my food pimp because it'll come up with something that I would have never thought of. You know, like it's just like some piece of truth that's, and everything sort of falls in place in that moment. And that's when the program becomes just amazing for me. And the, if I'm abstinent and I can stick to the abstinence, which is my first level of honesty with myself, then the other pieces of honesty that come in to heal me and be with me um, become clearer and clearer. And I start to live a life that not only can bring in more, more love and authenticity for me, the real reason I want to be more authentic and be myself is so I can be of service out in the world in a better way uh, because going into service and not being, um, you know, honest and, and uh, telling the truth is, is, you know, what is that, you know? Um, and that's really what it's, what it's all about for me. And I admit it's an ongoing battle and I've watched, if I look at everybody I've ever brought into my life from the people I call in the program and ask for advice, I usually try to pick people that I think are going to be really honest and loving with me. Um, I, I married someone whose number one thing is don't lie to me. You know, that's his thing. And that's been healing for me. And now I'm in a job where, you know, giving feedback is one of the number one tenets of the company. So I'm getting a lot of real honest feedback and I'm dealing with it all over again. Um, and when it happens, Sometimes I go back into being 13 and terrified at home and scared, but then I just take out my prayers and I just say, you know, something come in to hold me right now and have it not be food, you know, just don't make it be food. And, and then I can move forward and I can see myself in a truthful light and love myself from that perspective. And if you look at the 12 steps and everything that God walks through that, it's all about truth telling ourselves the truth and being with that in, in a loving way that we heal. And that's really what, what I consider the, the program to really be about. It's so not about weight. <laughs> it's just not for me. It's just not about my weight. That just is kind of a side 
thing that happens um, when I'm really working the steps and practicing them. Um, yeah, so I think that's all I have to say. Where am I on time? <laughs> you have, you actually have five minutes left. If you oh my God. Okay. So here's the stuff. Oh, <laughs> um, I think, I think if I look at the, I, I guess I should really talk about the, the truth path of the different, if I talk about a little bit about just the levels of audience honesty, um, Coming into the program, I was some. I was like, my my life was like a house of mirrors, you know. Like I never quite knew what I was looking at, or if it was really if I was being true with myself, if I was being true with other people, and so much of it showed up in my food um, and my honesty about food. And then if I if I look at when I first started in the program. And I had a sponsor, you know, who took me through through the steps and we got to the part where, you know, with um, with step, you know, five that admitted the exact nature of our wrongs. Um, that was this moment where I had to be really honest about about, you know, what I did that caused a lot of the issues in my life and a lot of things that I lied about. But I also had to be really, really honest with all the ways that I lie to myself by telling myself I'm a lot worse than I am. That makes sense. You know, I've been going over this with my husband and, and I've been recalling when we've been going, we go for walks, you know, in the hills here. And, and I, and I tell him like what I'm saying to myself about how I'm messing up at work. And he just goes, stop, stop. He said, you're lying to yourself about how bad you are. You know, he said, you're, you know, you're not that bad. You weren't bad as a child. You know, <laughs> you may have had a stepmother that told you were bad over and over again, that you were ugly and stupid and disgusting. And that person was lying to you. And now you're lying to yourself. So part of telling the truth is about telling myself how amazing I am. You know, and there've been people in the program that have told me over the years, you know, you're not broken. You're amazing. You know, and you use food for the time that you needed to use food to be, to hold yourself together when it was really tough when I was a kid. You know, thank God all those hostesses were there, you know, for that period of time. And when it was time to let go of them and see a deeper level of truth, but when telling my truth, it was facing the fact that I was amazing. I could be really amazing that all the people in the program, I looking at all your faces on zoom and all and hearing all your stories and what you've said to me and, and things you've talked about, how just amazing all of you are. And that's the truth. You know, and holding that and saying, that's who we are as people underneath all the addiction and underneath all the stuff and things that happened when we were young. That's really the truth of who we are is that we're, amazing gifts and we have all these gifts to share with people and that's that's what this this is all about and and although i think it's good to look at the wrong that i'm doing and it's great every time i can look at that i look at it until i come back around to and i'm amazing and the people in this program are amazing and and um and that that's when I feel like my disease lifts. And um, 
the abstinence is just so I can get clarity. It's all about clarity of my mind, my body, and my spirit so that I can clearly see the truth about myself and what happens from that and what emanates from that. And that's why I think sponsors are so important. They help you get to the truth, you know. Um, I think that that's why all the steps are, they help you go back to the truth and to do that in a way that's, um, uh, that's loving. And I've had people, you know, and not this program, but other 12 step programs, it didn't come at it from that loving of a viewpoint and all. And I really, and I, I didn't stay. And the fact that I didn't stay, I consider that to be part of why I'm healthy. You know, it was a sign that I'm healing and that I'm healthy is that I can walk away from things that also are not the truth because they're just, they're, they're too negative about things. So, um, and so you know, that's, your, I, that's your time. Okay, great. <laughs> so funny having an extra five minutes, but thank you everyone.